Amen. Stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of Numbers, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and then Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter number 33. Numbers chapter number 33, we're going to read verses 50, verses 50 through 56. Numbers chapter 33 began reading with verse number 50. The Bible says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you have crossed the Jordan into the land of Canaan, then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you, destroy all their engraved stones, Destroy all their molded images and demolish all their high places. You shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell in it. For I have given you the land to possess. And you shall divide the land by lot as an inheritance among your families. To the larger you shall give a larger inheritance. And to the smaller you shall give a smaller inheritance. There everyone's inheritance shall be whatever falls to him by lot. You shall inherit according to the tribes of your fathers. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall be that those whom you let remain shall be irritants in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they shall harass you in the land where you dwell. Moreover, it shall be that I will do to you as I thought to do to them. This morning I'm using for my subject, On the Way to the Promised Land. How many understand this morning? We are on our way. We are on our way to the Promised Land. Father, I thank you, first of all, that there is a Promised Land, a land you have promised, God, not only for the Israelites, but also for us. God, I pray today that we'll realize, Lord, today where we are headed. Father, I just pray today that you'll give us strength for the journey. God, I pray your anointing will break any yoke of hindrance or bondage in this house today. Father, let your perfect will be done in this place. All for the glory of God, we ask in Jesus' name. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. As I've already said, the title of my message today is On the Way to the Promised Land. The children of Israel had had heard about the promised land, they had heard about it year after year after year after year. In fact, probably that's about all that anybody talked about was the fact that we are on our way to the promised land, a land that God promised us, a land that flows with milk and honey. And no doubt they just spent all of their time talking about how grand and glorious and awesome and incredible it was going to be when they got to the promised land. Well, after all the years that they spent walking around and around in circles, seemingly going nowhere. But now, now in this passage of Scripture, now they are getting close. And the time is drawing near to possess what they had only been dreaming about all these years. Well, this morning I believe that you and I are also on our way to our promised land. This morning I want us to take a look at and just see if maybe perhaps we can learn something from the experiences of the children of Israel that will help us on our journey to our promised land. So there's five things I want to talk about and notice in this passage today. First of all, I want us to notice the place, the place God promises. Verse 51, God said to Moses, he said, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when you have Cross the Jordan, notice the phrase, into the land of Canaan. Now we understand that Canaan was the promised land to the children of Israel. But I believe this morning that God has a a Canaan or God has a promised land. Not only did he have one for the children of Israel, but I believe that God, God also has a Canaan. God also has a promised land for you and me today. In fact, I believe that God has two promised lands. We suggest the first promised land is here. Here, right here on planet Earth. Jeremiah 29 and 11, God says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. 
And here's the plan God has. He said, plan to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. Friends, we are all on a journey, and God is taking us somewhere. I believe that God has picked out a place for each and every one of us individually. I believe that God has promised each and every one of us individually a future and a hope. Think about it like this this morning. I, I can see our life, that our lives are, are like pieces to a puzzle. Think about that for just a moment. That your life is a piece to a puzzle. Now, now, a piece to a puzzle doesn't seem very significant in and of itself. It's, it's tiny, it's little, it's insignificant, and it's a little weird looking all by itself, right? And yet, put the pieces together. Now, now, now the puzzle might have a thousand pieces. That would be a pretty big puzzle, I guess, but it could have a thousand pieces. But you can put 999 pieces together, and yet without that one final piece, the puzzle is incomplete and useless. And that's the way it is with you, and that's the way it is with me, that's the way it is with our lives. We we might seem rather a little bit strange, a little bit insignificant, a little bit small, but the truth of the matter is without our life. And without our contribution, no, 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 matter, no matter how small that it might be, without our life, God's puzzle is incomplete. God has a place for every single one of us. And here's what I need us to understand this morning. I want you to grasp this. This is exciting to me. This, this helps bring, bring fulfillment and contentment and satisfaction to my life. But when I think of the fact that, 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 that our life is shaped is shaped on purpose. And that, and that the shape of our life has purpose and, and is important. And the fact of the matter is there's a place that God has designed for us in this world that only we can feel. Only the shape of our life. Only us as God has made us and developed us. Only us, only we alone can feel that place. All of us are on our way to the promised land. God is molding and shaping and forming us precisely and exactly to the shape that he needs to fill in the piece of the puzzle that he is needing. How awesome is it when when you realize that if you will only allow him to, God will shape you into the exact design that, that he needs to fill the space, that he needs to do the job, that he needs to complete the picture that he is creating. And each little finger of the puzzle piece, when put into place, touches other pieces in every direction which touches other pieces, which touches other pieces, which touches other pieces, which touches other pieces. And all the, all the puzzle pieces, when joined together in the right place, complete the picture. Let me suggest God's picture is incomplete without you. It is. It's incomplete without you. God has a particular place picked out just for you. I'm talking about the place God promises. That place is not only here, but it's also heaven. Just as God has a place for us here, He also has a place reserved for us in heaven. Now, now you don't hear much about heaven these days. When I was growing up, that's all they sang about. When we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing. That will be, oh, in the sweet by and by, I'll fly away, oh, glory. It was all about heaven. Forget here and now. It's all about over yonder, when we get over yonder. Well, you know what? That wasn't really good. But you know what? Today we forgot all about heaven. 
See, we seem, seem, to go, seem to go from one extreme to the other. Whatever it is in our life, we seem to go from one extreme to the other. We need to be right in here, right? Those people are too busy today chasing the American dream. But listen, heaven is still our ultimate Canaan. It is still our ultimate promised land. Jesus said in John 14, verse 2 and 3, In my Father's house are many mansions. Jesus said, If that were not so, I would have told you. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. I go to prepare what? Ah, Jesus said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Jesus said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will receive you unto myself so that where I am, Jesus said, there you might be also. Heaven is the place God promises his saints. Look in the book of the Revelation, the book of the Revelation, chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. John the Revelator writes and he says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there was no more sea. And then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, sorrow, crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things are passed away. We are on our way today to our promised land. And that promised land is, is here. There's a place that God wants to take us right here on planet earth. But listen, ultimately, ultimate, our ultimate promised land, our ultimate Canaan is heaven. And we're on our way to heaven. Hallelujah. Alright, we talked about the place God promises. Now let's look at, let's look at the process God takes us through. The process God takes us through. Let me tell you that God always takes us through the wilderness on the way to the promised land. Always. The children of Israel get to the promised land by way of the wilderness. Forty years of wilderness wandering. Joseph was on a journey also in his life. He was on his way to the palace, his promised land, his Canaan. But, but understand that Joseph had two, two stops to make on his way to the palace. He had to stop by the pit and by the prison. The Bible says Jesus was led by the Spirit, where? Into the wilderness. You see, you cannot get to the promised land without facing some problems. And you cannot get to the palace without some time spent in the pit. And you cannot get to the throne without first experiencing some thorns. Because God will always take us through the wilderness on our way to the promised land. Let me suggest three things while we're here this morning. Let me suggest, first of all, that without the wilderness experience, we tend to be arrogant. Without the wilderness experience, we tend to be arrogant. Joseph had a dream. And he dreamed about his promised land, his land of Canaan. But Joseph's dream caused him to become a little arrogant. He bragged to his brothers. He bragged to his father. Before he was fit to rule, God had to knock a little cockiness out of him. And he did it by putting him in the pit and in the prison. Let me suggest number two, without the wilderness experience, we tend to be ungrateful. How quickly we become accustomed and even develop a spirit of entitlement to God's blessings on our life. 
God provided two meals a day for the Israelites in the wilderness. Manna in the morning and quail in the evening. All they had to do was wake up, wipe the sleepiness out of their eyes, get their Starbucks brewing, walk out of their tent and pick up breakfast. How hard is that? And yet they continually complained and took God's provision for granted. If we're not careful, in the good times we'll begin to believe we deserve the blessing of God. And take advantage and take for granted, the incredible provision and blessing from the hand of God. Let me suggest the third thing here. Without the wilderness experience, we tend to be unprepared. You see, it's the lessons we learn in the hard times. I don't know about you, but I don't learn very much in the good times. I just kick back and enjoy. It seems that it's only in the In the hard times, in the difficult times, in the times of struggle. Oh, it's the lessons we learn in the the hard times that make us useful and equip us to be effective in the place where God eventually places us. The good news is this morning God has a place that he wants to take us. The bad news is we are not totally prepared for that place. We are on our way to that place, but there's a, there's a process. There's a process that God will take us through in order to prepare us for that place. Oftentimes, I've had church members to say to me after I served them for a few years, and I, I love to hear it because everybody likes their ego stroked a little bit, but I've had people tell me oftentimes, I wish you I wish you'd have come here ten years ago. Truth be known, I would not have been ready 10 years earlier for that particular assignment. Truth be known, I would still be in the process of getting ready and God would still have me in that time of process, processing me and getting me ready for the place that he would eventually take me. And so it is with you today. Don't get in too big of a hurry. I think it was Moody, I don't know for sure, but one of the great preachers of old, somebody asked him, what's the matter? He said, I'm in a hurry, but God isn't. (laughs) Don't get in too big of a hurry. Don't become too impatient. You are obviously not ready for the place yet. And only when God prepares you, and only when you get through the process, and only when God is ready, and, and you are ready, only then will God take you to the place that He wants you to be. And when God does get you to the place, you will be very, oh, oh, so glad that he equipped you and you went through the process and God made you ready for the place before he placed you there. Truth is, God will always take you through the wilderness on your way to the promised land. Notice the next thing I find here, and that is the purification. The purification that God requires. Verse 52 and 53. This is the direction and the command of God. Then you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you. How many? Destroy all. How much? Destroy all their engraved stones, destroy all their molded images, and demolish all their high places. You shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell in it, for I have given you the land to possess. Let me suggest that the place where God takes us to will ultimately be a place of purity. Now, one, one could argue that it wasn't fair. Think about it. You could argue the fact that, that, that it wasn't fair to the people of Canaan uh, 
that God would take their land away from them and give it to the Israelites. I mean, awesome and incredible for the Israelites, but how about those, all those ites in Canaan? And on the surface, this line of thinking would certainly make, make sense. But what we need to understand is the people that were possessing the land of Canaan at that particular time, those people were very, very ungodly and very, very wicked. And they were a people that had absolutely no time or place for God. Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 4, God reminded the children of Israel. He said to the children of Israel, don't, don't think don't, don't think in your heart that it's because of you and your righteousness that the Lord has brought you into the promised land. No, no, no. It is because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord is driving them out from before you. See, it wasn't just the fact that God loved the children of Israel more than he loved the Canaanites and, you know, Jebusites and all the otherites. Um, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was that because they were so wicked and so vulgar and so vile and God had enough of them and God wanted them destroyed and God wanted them out of the land and he ran them out of the land and put the people of God in the land. We need to understand that God hates sin and will not tolerate it long. Oh, man, fools himself into believing that, that he can get away with sin. Man is good at justifying his sin and excusing his sin and even giving, even giving his, his particular sin a, a less offensive and watered-down name so as not to sound so bad. But Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 and 8 still says, Be not deceived, be not what? Be not deceived, God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, the Bible said. And the one that sows to please his sinful nature, from that, that sinful nature, he will reap destruction. And James chapter 1 verse 14 and 15 says, Each one is tempted when by his own evil desire he is dragged away and enticed. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. We're talking about the purification that God requires. Listen, friend, you cannot run with the world and walk with God at the same time. And you're a fool if you think you can get by with living a double life. That you can be one way when you're in the house of God. You can be one way when you're at church and yet be a totally different person when you're at work. Or a totally different person when you're at home. You're a fool this morning to think you can live a double life. You're a fool this morning if you think that you can harbor secret sin. Nobody knows about it. But listen, God knows today. And He's calling you to repentance today. Now, whether that sin be adultery, whether it be pornography, whether it be some kind of an addiction, whatever that we might say this morning, God is calling you today to repentance. Oh, oh, He is calling all of us today to live a life of purity, to live a life of holiness, to live a life of righteousness. Let me suggest this this morning. Think about this. To maintain the place God promises, one must maintain the purity within himself. Let me suggest this this morning. If, if we do not destroy our lusts, our lusts will destroy us and drive us out of our promised land. Lucifer, Lucifer was heaven's worship leader but the sin of pride got him kicked out of his promised land. Judas 
It's one of the original 12 disciples. He walked with the Lord. He ministered with the Lord. He fellowshiped with the Lord. But sin cost him his place with Christ. Demas was an associate pastor of the Apostle Paul. But his love for the world finally drove him away from his place in the church. Think about this this morning. How many people do you know who have made it through the wilderness? They've gone through the process. They've made it through the wilderness. And they have entered into their promised land and enjoyed the abundance of the promised land. Only to eventually lose their place through impurity. Let me say it again this morning. If we do not destroy our lusts, our lusts will destroy us. The next thing I I see here, and that is the provision God supplies. Verse 54. God says, you shall divide the land by lot as an inheritance among your families. To the larger, you shall give a larger inheritance. And to the smaller, you shall give a smaller inheritance. There... There everyone's inheritance shall be whatever falls to him by lot. You shall inherit according to the tribes of your fathers. You see, when you discover God's place for you, it will be accompanied by God's provision. Notice in this story, There was enough for everyone. Because where God guides, He provides. Elijah, we know this lion-hearted prophet of God. He was was a powerful prophet in the Old Testament. And and God used him to deliver some, some incredible, powerful, and some very unpopular messages. I don't understand these pastors that Publicly say, you'll only hear good stuff from me. Well, you know, if I read the Bible, it ain't all good. (laughs) And Elijah had to deliver some some very unpopular sermons, some very unpopular messages. And he was so unpopular that King Ahab had a bounty out for Elijah, wanted, dead or alive. The Bible says God hid his mighty prophet from the king. And God led him from place to place. Know this this morning. Where God leads, he feeds. First Kings. First Kings chapter 17, verse 1 through 7. And Elijah the Tishbite. Of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel is before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except from my word. Not a very popular message. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Kirith which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. Feed you where? Anywhere? Everywhere? No. Feed you there. So he went, and he did according to the word of the Lord. And he went, and he stood, and he stayed by the brook Kirith, which flows into the Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. You see where the Lord leads. He feeds. But verse 7 says, it happened after a while that the brook dried up. Because there had been no rain in the land. What now? Well, verse 8 says, then the word of the Lord came to him and said, arise, go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Dwell where? See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Where is the widow going to provide for him? Anywhere? Everywhere? No, there. 
So he arose and he went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and he said, please bring me a little drink of water in a cup that I may drink. And, and as she was going to get it, he called to her and he said, hey, by the way, bring me some food. She said, hey, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son. We're going to eat it and we're going to die. Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me and afterward bring some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and she did according to the word of Elijah and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord which he spoke by Elijah. Where did all this happen? There. Let me say that the their place The their place is our promised land while here on earth. The their place is the place where God leads us to, wherever that might be. The their place comes with God's provision. I can personally testify that God has always provided for me and my family when I heard from God. And was willing for God to take me to my, their place. I could stand up here and tell you many stories this morning. I don't have time to tell many stories. But let me just give you one single story of God's provision for me into their place. Me and my family were happy and settled and Successfully pastoring a church of over 300 in Oklahoma. Nice salary, beautiful home, six blocks from the golf course, golf cart in the, in the garage. Ha, Canaan. <laughs> Promised land. One night, two o'clock in the morning, God says, Harvest Time Church, Midland, Texas, Odessa Highway. Long story. Make it short. Eventually, we resigned our church. Eventually, we took a little time in between leaving there and going to Midland, about a six-month window there where I could go around and, 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 uh, and, and raise some support because I wasn't going to take any money from the church for the first two years of its existence. And, and I didn't have anybody backing me. I had a little support, but not a lot. And so I went around to my friends and some, got into some places I never met, anybody, never met before. And anyway, just trying to raise some support, some financial support to help us. In our new adventure, I was just 35 years old, just a young man. I'll never forget one Saturday morning, I sat down and I began to look at my bills. And I totaled up the bills that were currently due and they were $1,000. This is 23 years ago. It was $1,000. I told God, I said, God, you know I pay my bills. And you know I pay my bills on time. You call me to this. You call me out of my comfort zone and you call me into this land that I don't know anything about. And so, God, I need you to come through for me. I need $1,000 and I need it now. The next day, I, I went to a service clear across the state. It was a Sunday night service only. A church where I had never been in my life, never been in the city before, never met the pastor before. Here I walk in, I meet him for the very first time on that Sunday before service. I don't tell him a word. I don't tell him anything about my need. I don't tell him anything. He knows what my ministry is and what we're there to do that day. They have their worship. He has me come up. I preach my sermon. I tell the story of how God is calling me to Midland to start a church, blah, 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 all the things that we do when we're trying to raise support. I call the people into the altar. The altar service was over. The pastor came back, took the podium. He said, I want to tell you people today, I've never met this man in my entire life, never met him until tonight. He said, I want to tell you something. He said, and he pointed to the altar, and he said, over the corner of the altar where I was kneeling, while I was praying, he said, God spoke to me as clearly as he's ever spoken to me before. 
And God said to me, this young man here tonight, who's on his way to build a church out of nothing, this young man needs $1,000 tonight. He said, people, this was 23 years ago. He said, people, the offering tonight must be $1,000. They took the offering that night, and when the service was over and the pastor handed me the check, it was a check for $1,000. Now, up until that time, I'd never received $1,000 in one service before. And I know my sermon, although it just was incredible, I'm sure. But I'm pretty sure it wasn't worth $1,000. Where God calls us, He will equip us. And where He guides, He will provide. You see, I was in my there place. I was following the lead of God in my life. And the their place comes with God's provision. Let me tell you about something I'm very excited about this morning. And that is I believe that our church is in the their place. I believe that we have heard from God. No doubt in my mind that we have heard from God. I believe that as a church we are on our way to the promised land. That God is taking us to the place that He has promised. Now right now we are, we are now experiencing the process that is necessary to get us from where we are to where He is taking us. But I believe that once He gets us there, I believe that the there place uh, will be a place of His provision. I also believe that somebody here this morning is struggling. Uh, somebody here this morning, you are on your way to your personal promised land, your personal Canaan. And God is taking you to your their place. But right now you're in the process stage and you are becoming very weary uh, with the struggle of the process. I believe I have a word from the Lord for somebody today. And that is be encouraged today. Oh, the word of the Lord to you today is the process is just about over. The word of the Lord to you today is to lift up your head. The word of the Lord today for you, somebody, is to open your spiritual eyes and see that Canaan is just in sight. Oh, the fair place, the promised land is now in sight. And the Lord says, can you see it this morning? Can you see it this morning? One more thing in this passage, and then we're done this morning, and that is the penalty that God assesses. The penalty God assesses. God told the children of Israel to drive out all, all the people from the land and totally destroy all of their idols and false gods and totally demolish all their pagan worship. God said, it's because of their sin and it's because of their total disregard for me that I am driving them out and why I am giving the land to you. And God said, if you don't do as I say, and if you do not do all that I say, what is happening to them will happen to you. Two things that we can learn from this. Number one, the sin that you allow will eventually irritate you. Verse 55, if you do not drive out the inhabitants from the land, it shall be that those whom you let remain shall be irritants in your eyes and thorns in your side. Yeah, sin brings pleasure. For a while. Sin is fun. For a while. But friend, the sin that begins by exciting you will always end by disappointing you and causing you much pain and heartache. The sin that you allow will not only eventually irritate you, but, but uh, the sin that you allow will eventually indict you. 
Verse 56, it shall be that I will do to you as I have done to them. Because the Bible says God is no respecter of person. And that God always judges sin. And unless you repent, and unless you forsake your sins, your sin will eventually indict you. And think about it this morning. Oh, oh, how sad, how sad it will be. Oh, oh, how sad would it be to arrive at the place, oh, the Canaan. Oh, to arrive at the promised land. Oh, to have gone through and successfully endured the process that he took you through on the journey. Oh, to enjoy the provision that he supplied only, only to have to receive his penalty. That he assesses to those who fail to maintain their purity. And we've seen it, haven't we, over and over? Oh, you can read this Bible and see it happen. But we have seen it in the last 20, 30 years over and over and over. Oh, men of God. Oh, that, that rose to the pinnacle. Man, to the highest of heights in ministry. They endured the process. They found themselves in their Canaan, in their promised land, only to lose it through impurity and sin. It doesn't matter how big you are or how important you might think you are, and it doesn't matter how devastating it might be for the body. God will judge sin. He will. He will. He won't say, you know, I think I'll just let him go on because, man, if I brought him down, he'd bring too many with him. I think I'll, no. God doesn't wink at sin. He doesn't turn his head away from sin. Oh, he is merciful. He is graceful. Oh, listen, friend, I'm convinced in my mind some of these giants of the faith that fell several years ago, no telling how many thousands of times God dealt with them. And perhaps even they repented over and over. God said enough is enough. You see, in order to maintain the place God promises, we must maintain the purity within us. Musicians and singers will get back in place very quickly and very quietly this morning, please. My subject today has been on the way to the promised land. I believe God has a promised land picked out for every single one of us here today. A promised land here. Here. It's not all about the sweet by and by. God has a promised land for us right here, right now. God has a place He wants to take us in the here and the now. Also, the ultimate, and we should never lose sight of the ultimate Canaan, the ultimate promised land, is heaven. And he has a place there picked out just for you and just for me. I have three possible responses. Would everyone stand with me this morning, please? Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed today. I, I have three, three possible responses today for our altar time. <clears throat> the first possible response, is this you today? Am I describing you today? Number one, I have failed to maintain purity in my life. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, nobody's looking around. I have failed to maintain purity in my life. I have sin in my life right now. And I need to repent. And I'm willing to do it. Right here. Right now. If that's you this morning, lift up your hand and let me recognize you've lifted your hand. Anyone in this room this morning, God bless you young man. Thank you for your honesty today. I have sinned in my life. I have failed to maintain purity in my life. 
I have sinned in my life and I'm ready to repent right now. Would you join this one young man that lifted their hand? Anybody else? Lift it up and let me recognize. I won't call your name, but let me just recognize that you put your hand up. Thank you, sir. You put it down. I have sinned in my life. God bless you. Young lady, you can put your hand down right now. Thank you so much for your honesty. I have sinned in my life right now. I have failed to maintain purity in my life. I need to repent. Three people. Anyone else today? Four people. You can put your hand down. How many others? All right. Here's the second possible response today. And that is, I am weary of the process. I am weary. It seems like I've been in the process Far too long. I am weary of the process. I need God to strengthen me. I need God to give me the patience that I need to endure the process. Can I see your hand this morning? Wow, lots of hands now. Hands all over the building. You can put your hands down. How many others this morning? I'm weary of the process. I'm weary of the process. I need God to strengthen me, empower me, enable me. And give me the patience I need to endure the process. All right, the third possible response is this this morning. I have totally lost sight or I have given up on my promised land. And I need God to renew my dream, renew my hope, renew my vision. Or give me a brand new dream. Is that you this morning? Raise your hand. God bless you and you. You. How many others this morning? I, I have totally lost sight or I have totally given up on my promised land. I need God to renew my dream or give me a brand new dream for my life today. All right, I would... I would I would think that over half the people raised their hand for one of these three possible responses today. So I'm going to call you first this morning. If you raise your hand for either number one, number two, or number three, I want you to come and stand in the, in the, fa- in the front this morning facing me. Get down here as closely as you can because half of the church should be coming this morning. Come on, you lifted your hand. Come on down. Come on down. Nobody knows which one that you lifted your hand for. It doesn't matter anyway. Come on, keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. They're still coming. There's still more than need to come. Still more than need to come. Keep on coming. 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 Come on, there's still some more this morning. Still some more. Keep on coming. Keep on coming. All right, everybody make a move forward. Everybody come and find a place in front this morning. I want us to pray three separate prayers. If we could be just a little softer just for a moment, just till I get through with this prayer, and then go back to where, where you were, please. Thank you so much. What a blessing you are. There are three prayers that I want us to pray this morning so that everyone that came will pray a specific prayer. I want all of us to pray it, whether it was what you came for or not, so that we'll just all pray all three prayers. Pray this prayer with me. Pray it from your heart, not just from your lips, Heavenly Father. As I look at my heart today, I see there's some blackness there. I see there's some ugliness there. I, I see there's some impurity there. I have sin in my life. I recognize it. I'm sorry for it. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask you to wash my sin in your blood. I ask you to give me the strength and give me the power to live above sin. In Jesus' name. Pray this prayer with me this morning, Heavenly Father. I'm weary. I'm tired of the process, of the struggle of the difficulty. I need you to strengthen me today. 
I need you to help me today. I need you to empower me today. I need you to give me the patience today that will help me endure the remainder of the process. I receive your strength in Jesus' name. Pray this prayer with me, Heavenly Father. I realize today I have totally lost sight. I have totally given up on my promised land. The truth of the matter is until I heard this message today I didn't even know you had a promised land for me. I pray today that you will help me to recognize my promised land to recognize where you're taking me I pray that you'll help me to set my sights to set my eyes not on the difficulties around me but on the ultimate finish the finish line the Canaan the promised land where you are leading. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise in this house today? Hallelujah. 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 I believe if you prayed those prayers in sincerity today, if you prayed those prayers from your heart and not just from your mind or intellect, if you really sincerely mean what you pray, I believe that God heard your prayer and I believe that God has answered your prayer and you can believe God to do what you have asked Him to do. Amen. Let's worship Him this morning. Take me to that place, Lord, to that secret place where I can be with you. You can make me like you. Wrap me in your arms. Wrap me in your arms. this morning. Thank you so much for being here. If you're a guest, please turn in your connection card at our Welcome Center. If you are interested in Haiti, please see me up at the front so I can give you some information on that.